0: Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Someone wants to come in here, let me see. Can you hear me, Sam? Can you hear me? Hey. Hi. Do you have a question for me, or?
1: Yeah, pulled up a stream of yours that's behind. All right. Here I hear. I'm here now.
0: Okay, who are you? Introduce yourself to me. Sam? I don't like this. don't like this dead air. Are you there? Okay. We tried. Should, what do you think, guys? Should I let him back in? Can you hear me, Sam? Can you hear me?
1: Can you hear me? I can hear you now. It's okay. getting interrupted if you can hear me.
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead, introduce yourself.
1: Introduce myself. Hello?
0: Yes, introduce yourself. Uh, call me Sam. Okay.
1: I am a Christian and my parents were missionaries. Okay
0: what kind of missionaries
1: uh, missionaries to overseas Russia and then Estonia
0: Okay. Uh, what denomination a Baptist okay right. and uh, why did you want to talk to me today
1: well you see a friend of mine asked me to come here and uh, so I could explain why I'm a Christian so
0: oh who's your friend uh, he's just an. On- he's what?
1: He's an online friend. Uh, Does he only know one? him virtually? What's his name? Uh, I call him Low.
0: Okay. <laughs> How long have you been a Christian?
1: Uh, all of my life. Hold on, I need to try setting some uh, speakers up. Why? You can't hear me. Uh, I'm trying to make it a uh, take it off headset and onto a. Uh,
0: no, no, you Some, different speaker. You don't want to do that because heads then we'll get an echo.
1: Hmm. Cuz I have somebody else in the room and I'd like for them to hear.
0: Oh, who else do you have in the room? Hey Javier, I see you waiting. Just hang on a bit. Who else uh is-
1: it's my father, so.
0: Your father? How old are yeah. you? Me? Yeah, how old are I you? am you? I'm 18. Okay, just barely. If you said 17, I w- would end the call because I don't talk with uh, minors. I try not to, but sometimes I don't realize how old people are. But um, yeah, okay, if you want your dad to listen in, go ahead. Well, if, But if there's an echo, you'll have to put the earphones back on. Gotcha.
1: Okay, let me see if
0: this is working. Can you hear me, Dad? Yes. There we go. What's Dad's name? Keith. Keith? Keith. K-E-I-T-H. Okay. Glad to meet you, Keith. Okay. So you can't remember, you cannot remember a time when you were not a Christian, Sam? No. Okay. And did you ever have a time of doubts, like most, uh, lot? not, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of Christians, you know, between the ages of 18 and 22 start to have doubts and wonder if they're just believing because of what their parents taught them. Did that ever happen to you? Yes. Were you between the ages of 18 and 22 when it happened? Uh, no, it was before. Oh, it was before that. Okay. And uh, so how did you come through that? What, what did you learn or realize that helped you see that Christianity is true?
1: It was uh, multiple things. Uh, let's see here. My father, he is not the typical person that just uh, blindly believes in the Bible. He is very skeptical and he often tries questions and tries to see if what he's reading is true and he'll spend a long time uh, studying and looking into certain things. And he's told me many of those things. Now, I haven't remembered all of them, kind of like you can't remember a lot of subjects in school. But uh, during the times when I was doubting, this is when I was uh, overseas in a cramped room for a long periods of time, I wouldn't have hardly any friends and all that, and wouldn't really have access to go to church very much. I didn't understand the language hardly at all, or not enough to understand the sermon. So when I would go to church, I'd just hear gibberish. And essentially, it was just me never really getting any socialization, not really talking to other Christians about my parents. You're talking about a foreign language. Foreign language, yes.
0: Hey Sam, uh, before I, before you go on, uh, can I ask a favor of you? Can you be really succinct, concise, and to the point? Because I've already been streaming for an hour and a half. And, all right. So tell me, tell me why you believe Christianity is true. What's the the number one reason that pops into your head right now?
1: Why well, I think Christianity is true. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of hard to say and form into a small amount, but uh, mostly because my parents have showed me many evidences, and my dad has always tried showing me the one reason why one side could be true, and he showed me multiple viewpoints.
0: Okay, so uh, you believe Christianity is true because your dad has showed you many evidences, many evidence, much evidence. Can you, what's the first one that pops into your head why Christianity is true that your dad has shown you?
1: Okay, so I'll start with the most important one according to Christianity, uh, the resurrection of Christ. The There's a lot of historical evidence that there was a guy named Jesus, and whether if he did or didn't, was or was not divine is a bit more debated, but you cannot say he wasn't there. And when you get into the uh, parts of some very spectacular happening... Hey, Sam, I'm, I'm
0: sorry old. to interrupt, but we're, um, you mentioned the resurrection of Jesus. Why do you believe that a man 2,000 years ago rose from the dead?
1: Well, there, are, there were some Roman records of a guy... I forget who the Roman. Was it Pilate? I can't
0: remember. Remember the claim? Remember the claim is that a man rose from the dead, not that a man existed named Jesus. Um, Why do you believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead?
1: I believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead, aside from the Bible, which I believe to be true. That would be gathering my thoughts. The amount of time that took for this to be accepted in the Bible was fairly quickly. And given that the... uh, the spread of Christianity was absolutely absurd, and when it did happen, there was not very many contradicting historical proofs at the time. Now, bear in mind, I'm 18, and I'm not exactly a uh, expert on this stuff, so I'm just trying to retrieve these things from memory real quick. Uh, there were many—back then, you can't deny that something crazy happened. This Christianity spread that so quickly under persecution, which was at the time. And that is very, very unique. Usually, uh, religion spreads under more positive note, or unless you have like a a dictator forcing people to become Christian. That didn't happen.
0: Okay, let's let's take the first one you said that Christianity grew fast. I Think you said that right? Yes. Can a false religion under- can a false religion grow fast? Right now, Islam is growing faster than Christianity. Does that mean it's more likely to be true?
1: No, but however, Islam—they're surrounding people, their governors, and everyone is strongly pressuring to be muslim like their very government has laws that's
0: right but would you are we agreed that the rate of growth of religion doesn't uh say whether or not it's true or not or more likely to be true or not no okay so let's let's throw that one away um and then
2: actually you- that's not an accurate comparison uh, christianity grew under the sword islam grew by the sword So people were enriched by power, lands, uh, slaves, where Christians lost their lives. Uh, The very ones that testified of Christ um, had nothing to gain by it, where the ones that testified of Islam uh, had a lot to gain by it. So it's apples and oranges. You just can't toss out one.
0: Can a religion be persecuted and grow and still be false?
2: Can you name of one that did, where the witnesses uh, testified till their to their death that what they saw was actually true?
0: Okay, so now we're getting into martyrdom, so let's talk about that. Uh, why do you believe that early Christians who could have seen Jesus rise from the dead, why do you believe that they were persecuted and didn't recant? Or do you believe that, first of all?
2: That seems like the most uh, obvious Uh, record of what happened.
0: Where is that record found?
2: Um, You ever heard of seven indisputable letters of the Apostle Paul? Yes. Okay, they're indisputable. There's not one single scholar that will dispute them. Um, And he himself, they they testify uh, they're indisputable. Who wrote them? They're indisputable. The time they were written and to the, to whom they were written.
0: Hey Keith, I'm asking a very specific question about martyrdom right now, not whether what Paul wrote are disputed or not. Why do you? How many um, martyrdom stories are found within the Bible?
2: Oh, I can think of uh, two off the top of my head. Two. Yes. St- In the New Testament. I
0: Stephen and who else? James. Okay, now do we know that they Stephen and James had a chance to recant? Does it say that in the um, Bible?
2: They they gave Stephen the chance to recant what he said, and and he, uh, they said, "Do you believe this?" And he said, "I believe uh, in Christ," and uh, they stoned him.
0: You sure that Steve, the, Did they say Stephen? Either you recant that on your belief that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, or we'll um, and then we will let you live.
2: And no, you... no, that, not those exact words. There's different ways to ask the same question. Uh, they, he testified of Israel's uh, rejection of the prophets over the years, and, and d- then he testified that Jesus was uh, risen from the dead.
0: Do we, uh, ha- do we have retired. his testimony? Do we have Stephen's testimony in the New Testament?
2: Yes, Acts.
0: No, his testimony, where he says it.
2: It's in the book of Acts.
0: Did Stephen write the book of Acts?
2: You don't have to write the book of Acts. So, Uh, so if,
0: if, hey, Keith, true or false, Stephen wrote with his own hand that he uh, believed saw Jesus rose from the dead. True or false? False. Correct. Stephen never wrote that he saw Jesus rose from the dead. Correct. Jesus. Not the world. Yeah. So someone else. Decades later, wrote that Stephen said some things, correct? Is that true or false? You're breaking up on me. I think I lost them. Sorry, Javier, we're having fun here, but okay, you're back. Sam and Keith, you're back. I'm here. I'm on the headset, yes. Okay. Oh, where did Sam go?
2: He's here. It's just some for some reason a kickback to the uh, headset.
0: Okay. So I, uh, when you left, I asked, um, do you agree with this statement that a person wrote things that Stephen said, Stephen himself didn't say it? That's correct. Okay. And so now you're saying that you, one of the reasons you and Sam believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead is because people were martyred, correct? No, that's one of the many reasons. Right. That's what I said. One of the, one of the many reasons why you believe. Would you say this yeah. is your number one reason?
2: That was Sam's number one reason.
0: What, what would be your number one reason? Because I don't want to talk about it. Uh, if I want to know your number one reason.
2: There's not number one. There's a lot of, lot of things that points to it. So I, I have a hard time believing that everything came from nothing.
0: Okay, now, that's, now, we're, um, now we're not talking about Christianity anymore. Now we're talking about general deism. I, I'm more concerned about Christianity. Because a God could exist and Christianity be false, correct?
2: That's true. That doesn't prove that Christianity is accurate. Okay, but so, it,
0: is built, it, it
2: is built upon a framework. If you don't have deism, you don't have Christianity.
0: Okay, but I'm, I'm more concerned about Christianity because I think this is what determines how people live their life. Would you agree?
2: Um, I can't defi- I can't defend what a lot of people would def- define as Christianity. You ask a hundred people what Christianity is, you'll get multiple answers. Um, so I can't. Okay. I can't answer other people's defense of Christianity.
0: One thing that a uh, thought experiment that I often use with people in order to um, get to what might be the core number one reason why they believe something is: imagine you and I are together. No, not me. Um, Imagine you and someone you love. Think about someone you love or care about or respect a little bit that's not a Christian, okay? you have that person in your mind? Do you know anybody Uh, like that?
2: I'm I'm, I'm thinking
0: uh, yes. Okay, so have that person in your mind. Um, You're both on a boat together. It's going down. You have 30 seconds left before you're both dead. You look at this person that's in your mind right now. You got 30 seconds to tell him why he should become a Christian before he dies. What do you say?
2: I'd say fulfilled prophecy in the Bible. Uh, there's no prophecy that's not fulfilled uh, in the time period it was given. And uh, the evidence of resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead happened too close to the sources that testified
0: of it to develop into a legend. Okay, just hang on. The first thing you said is fulfilled prophecy. That's what you would say to your friend in 30 seconds who's about to die? Fulfilled
2: prophecy. Yes, I, I'm telling you, there's not one thing
0: I know I that know. I would
2: base my Christianity on.
0: But I, that's still an interesting. Nobody's ever answered that way. Okay, what do you think is the best prophecy that's been fulfilled?
2: Um, the Book of Daniel has a lot of prophecies, but there's a lot of critics that date it late. Uh, the latest you can date Daniel is about uh, about 100, about 150 BC, 100 BC. Uh, but the 70 weeks prophecy, uh, predicts, uh, really close.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with the 70 weeks prophecy. How would you make the 70? Actually, I have to, uh, do something for 10 seconds and I'll be right back. Can you hold for 10 seconds? Sam of Um,
2: Jerusalem.
0: Oh yeah. You cut out. Um, I got to do something for ten seconds, but I want to want you to think about something for ten seconds here, and that is how would you make the seventy weeks prophecy better? I'll be back in ten seconds.
1: Uh, this is the mute button. So, so you press that button to mute it. When it's on. I'm listening to this so that I can hear it. There's a big time, time. dilation That
0: It's like 10, 20 seconds behind. OK, so, I'm shoot. back. So, I'm gonna yes. Listen. And I'm hoping that if you were to ask me a question that You had to turn off the YouTube uh, in the background. So uh, when I left you, I wanted you to think about the 70 Weeks Prophecy. How would you make it better? I wouldn't. You wouldn't. OK. Um, Are there more than one interpretation of the 70 Weeks Prophecy? Of course there are. So if it were to be made better, so there is only one interpretation of the 70 Weeks Prophecy, um, you can't think of a way to have only one interpretation? No, I... Uh, You're breaking up on me again, Keith. I don't know if this is going to work if you keep breaking up. My guess is you can hear me, but I can't hear you. I'm here. Yeah, I didn't hear uh, anything you said.
2: <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? The, the only way I would make it better is to write it in modern English or to write it in modern Hebrew. Um, you're talking about a book that's over 2,000 years old.
0: OK, so your friend, and... is, your friend is about to drown in 30 seconds. and what, The first thing that popped in your mind was a 2,000-year-old text that is in a foreign language that has to be translated, that has multiple interpretations, is the reason to believe that Christianity is true? Do you see the problem there? Oh, of course.
2: Ten seconds is too short uh, to do it. How would you prove God doesn't exist in ten seconds?
0: The lack of evidence. Lack of insufficient evidence to believe that your God exists. There's ten seconds.
2: That's all? That's all?
0: Yeah, That then wouldn't we, explain anything to him. But then we would go into the details and we would start talking. But I, I would have thought you would have answered something about um, what God has done for you personally in your life. You said 10 seconds. I said 30, but...
2: Oh, uh, 30. Um, like I said, there's a lot of evidences that points to Christ.
0: Now, okay, l- points. Let's let's... Let's put, I'm not, we won't wipe out prophecy, but let's just put it on the shelf for a second. When I asked Sam how old he was when he was a Christian, he basically said his whole life. Is that the same for you? Uh, Yes.
2: I got saved when I was about third grade.
0: Third grade. Did you know the 90 or the 70 weeks prophecy when you were in third grade? No. Of course not. Did you know even like 1% or 5% of what you know now? No. Why did you become a Christian then? Uh,
2: Because I knew I I tended to do bad things, so Uh, I knew
0: I was a sinner,
2: and uh, I believed uh, pretty much uh, what a Sunday school teacher taught me, that uh, God loves us
0: and that he gave His son for us to forgive us of our sins. Right. So you became a Christian in the third grade because you believed what people told you.
2: Yes, what people told me and, and how I reasoned
0: my behavior. And those people who told you this could have been right, but they could have been wrong, correct? Sure, sure. How did you figure out that they weren't wrong? Um,
2: I, later on, I thought maybe they may have been. Right. Uh, I've doubted my Christianity many times. Uh, I encouraged Sam, who's my son, Uh, I encourage them to doubt. I encourage them to embrace doubt. Okay. Uh, Because if if you doubt things, you're more motivated to embrace their source and their validity.
0: So here's a hypothetical for you, Keith. Uh, Remember I said, let's put the prophecy on the shelf, but I want to bring it back. Since prophecy wasn't the reason you became a Christian, but it might be the reason why you remain one today. If I were to Put you in a room with an orthodox jew and if you spent months going and studying the 70 weeks prof- weeks prophecy prophecy and if if at the end of that time this orthodox jew convinced you that you were wrong in your interpretation of the 70 weeks prophecy would you stop being a christian of course not okay would would your confidence in christianity go down significantly my confidence in christianity goes up and down depending on my mood
2: depending on arguments that i hear depending on feelings uh my confidence in what i buy for christmas presents goes up and down
0: right but uh, would it go down significantly if you f- figured out that you were wrong about the 70 weeks prophecy would would it like just go down a scotch or like a big drop or like how i'm trying to get at how important is this 70 weeks prophecy to you it's it's one small piece in a large puzzle. Okay, it's a small piece. I'm looking for a big piece. Is there any big pieces? Any big pieces what? You said the prophecy is a the 70 weeks prophecy is a small piece in the puzzle that of your belief. No, what, I didn't. Of why you, you believe that. of why you believe. I never
2: said I never said that. I said prophecy. There's lots of prophecy. Okay. If So the 70 weeks prophecy somebody took that out uh that wouldn't make a huge difference. Perfect.
0: Okay, excellent. If, if, let's say, the number of prophecies that you believe in is uh, f- uh, 400 messianic prophecies, if, if I put you in a room with a person, either um, a secularist or a Jew or whatever, and after a month of study, you realize that only 200 of the 400 were actually legitimate prophecies, would you still be a Christian?
2: Yes, because prophecy is only a small part of the entire puzzle
0: as well. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. I want I don't want to waste time talking about small pieces. Like what okay, before you go on, what if all 400 you were convinced that all 400 of the prophecies were not prophecies of Jesus. Would you leave Christianity then?
2: That's a silly supposition. Uh because what if uh, games um are highly subjective. Um I can't see Isaiah 53 the the prophecy, the prophecy of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. He couldn't control where he was born, the time he was born, uh, all
0: those type of things. Okay.
2: Uh, Also, also... uh, I'm hearing
0: a yes from you, that that it might actually put a dent, and you might actually leave Christianity. Oh,
2: it would put a... No, it would put a dent. All kinds of things to put a dent. Atheists get dents all the time, because I hear about them getting converted all the time.
0: Okay, so you mentioned a couple of prophecies uh Isaiah 53. Let's look at that one. If if it were true No, let me let me back up. What if it were true that that prophecy was not about Jesus? Did you know that orthodox rabbis
2: that reject christianities uh that rejects Christianity uh have believed that that was the Messiah?
0: Yes, I know. Up until
2: I, know, up until, I understand that up until 1000 AD almost all of them believed it was the messiah until a uh, society became literate enough for people to go and use that as a a polemic uh, to convert Jews and then m- most of them at that time over centuries started to reject it Keith I'm going to so, ask you
0: I'm going to ask you to do my job for a second and I I want you to explain Isaiah 53 assuming that it that it is not a miraculous prophecy about Jesus. How would you explain having Isaiah 53 exactly the way we have it, having the New, Test- New Testament exactly the way we have it, but Isaiah 53 is not a miracle, not a miracle prophecy? How would you explain that? I couldn't. What else would fit the bill? Can, this is why you're still a Christian, because you haven't thought about these things.
2: Oh, I've thought about it. I've no, read the. Yeah, you the just argument. said you
0: couldn't. No,
2: I've read the other arguments against it, and none of them make sense.
0: Okay, tell me what those arguments are.
2: Uh, That it's Israel.
0: Okay. So instead of it
2: it, uh, uh, prophesying about Jesus, the Messiah prophesies about Israel. Okay, how did you figure out it was really about Jesus and not Israel? Because it says it's a spotless lamb. It's a perfect sacrifice. Uh, It says that it was cut off the land of the living. Uh, Israel's never been cut out of the land of the living. Israel's never been wiped off the face of the earth. The Jews, I'm sorry, the Jews, uh, the Jewish religion has never been cut off the face of the earth. It says it was cut off the land of the living. Uh, It says that... So you uh, believe Jesus was cut off? Well, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Physically. Okay. So you believe then that this prophecy, uh, one of the arguments against this prophecy is that it's talking about Israel. What's another argument against it? against it
2: being Israel is you follow the pronouns. Um, If if you follow the pronouns, it says that uh, Israel was uh, perfect, Israel was cut off the land of the living, and Israel saved itself.
0: Okay. And is there anything that it says that in Isaiah 53 that you struggle with applying to uh, Jesus? No. I just lost you, go yeah, ahead, I just had to mute myself because uh my kids just came home., I just moved that forwards and then shut the door. Um, so when you like read things ab- in isaiah fifty three that says that um about his seed and uh that his offspring and Jesus didn't have kids, you just interpret that in a way to make it fit no no uh
2: his his offspring Jesus. Uh, constantly causes believers as children. Uh, the Bible says that Abraham would have many offspring, not just his physical descendants, but people that believed the same faith that Abraham believed was his offspring. Uh, to me, that's uh, totally fits uh, with the genre of the speech of the Bible.
0: Right, and but do you think if if it would have been more clear about that, then it would have been a better prophecy? Like. When it talks about offspring, it says, like, and, and this is not literal offspring, but.
2: The Bible says a lot in very short space. If you were given, if, if you had to extrapolate detail and in everything, instead of carrying around one Bible in your hand, you would have to be carrying around many, many, many Bibles. Um, if, so have I... you read
0: the Bible? Yes, of course. I was a Christian for 30 okay. years, um, but. I'm hearing you admit that the Bible is, uh, Isaiah 53 might not be as detailed as it could be. You're talking about one prophecy. There's lots
2: of prophecies. There's lots of stories. Right. And for, for, for back, you know, to write everything with more detail, you would be talking about
0: the book of Isaiah would be, a hundred times its size, but wouldn't it have been better if isaiah fifty three when it talks about the uh, being pierced and so forth that it would actually have said that a man named Pilate, a, a ruler, will kill Jesus on behest of the Jews, and it would be done on a cross
2: if that if that's if that's possible, then somebody named Pilate probably would
0: have read it and may
2: have not have even participated in it
0: what do you what do you mean? I mean, you're talking about what ifs? I know, but what I'm saying is, wouldn't that have been a better prophecy than what we have now? You can decide that. To me, it's sufficient. No, I didn't. Isaiah 53 to you could still be sufficient. I'm asking you, if Isaiah 53 said that Pilate killed Jesus on a cross, would that be sufficient but better than what you have now? No. Well, how would that not be better? Because it's giving specific names and even the cross, like the Isaiah 53... Instance. But you're talking about
2: hundreds of prophecies. Okay. You're talking about extrapolating, uh, giving more detail, making these stories longer. Uh, these these books were not only meant to be prophecy, they were meant to be read. And and the more scr- scrolls you have uh the bible back then was much more inconvenient to carry so i mean you would talk about many many a multitude more scrolls and and as a whole it would have been harder for israel to have everything in detail because they would have had so much more reading material it would have been hard for your average uh, person to keep up with Uh, we're talking what ifs i don't know
0: yeah I'm asking what-if questions because I'm trying to get you to see that, uh, number one, how do I say this? Every time I bring up a doubt about a prophecy, meaning that I, I, I think it's clear to you that this Isaiah 53 could have been more clear, and your excuse of being, I'm going to call it an excuse, your excuse of being, well, it would have taken too many words. Okay, no.
2: You're asking, could it have more detail?
0: Right. More specific. There's... No, more specific. Of, of, of course it could. Right. So now if it can be more specific, and if people who are sincere, genuine, they don't hate God, they're just looking at the text, and they come up with a different conclusion than you, doesn't that say something about the text itself? What does it say about the text? That it's not as specific as it maybe should be in order for a Jew and you to look at it the same way.
2: It may not be as specific as you would like for it to be.
0: I'm, sorry, but it's, I'm, sorry, but it's I'm talking to but it's but it's plenty
2: specific enough.
0: Hmm. <laughs> is is sufficient, is what you're saying. Yes. But when every time I, I asked you about Isaiah 53, I think, well, there was a couple times at least you said, but there's many more prophecies. Yes. And I see this often with Christians that I talk to. It's like well, okay, we can we can doubt this or say this is not maybe the best, but we got this. And when you take a whole bunch of them together, you really got something now. And well,
2: I, I mean, I mean, in Psalms chapter, what is it? Uh, Psalms chapter 8 or 10, it talks about the crucifixion. You pierce my hands and my feet. It has many of Jesus' sayings on the cross. Uh, you stretch out my hands, you pierce my hands and my feet. It, it seems to very accurately describe crucifixion 500 years before crucifixion was
0: invented do you know the context of that pierced of the hands do you know what do you know what that's referring to it's referring to a lion, a lion biting someone was jesus bit by a lion no so why do you think the new testament authors use that verse it's not talking about a
2: lion biting someone. Show that to me.
0: Well, I can't show you right now on this okay. live stream. Well,
2: if, well, Have you it, ever heard
0: it, of that before?
2: No, but I've read it many times. If I'm, right, it
0: talks- if I'm right that that's the context of the psalmist talking about an animal biting them, a lion, I believe it is, and if, it, if that's true, would that make any difference to you on that prophecy?
2: No, like I said, it would be one tiny piece out of a huge puzzle that falls out.
0: Right, and this is the this is the problem, is because every everything that we will talk about, if we could probably talk for hours like this, and you'll say the same thing, but this is just one tiny piece, in the whole, and this is why I don't want to waste time talking about all these tiny pieces. My guess is there has to be some bigger piece that I'm willing to talk about with you, but I really don't think it's these prophecies, because every time you... We talk about something. It's like, well, we, I got other prophecies. I don't want to spend hours and hours going through 400 prophecies.
2: uh There's lots of them. I I, I can pull another one out of my uh, out I of make, my memory. What, Let's pro- get off the Bible. Let's get off of prophecies. That sounds like what you would like to do.
0: Well, my. Let me just ask you: Have you seen a demon? Yes or no? No. Have you seen an angel? No. Have you seen a miracle? Yes. Describe the, the biggest, best miracle you've ever seen. Um, I was pastor
2: of a small church. Okay. And we were, uh, I just became pastor of the church. And I found out that they were lo- uh, losing $1,000 a month with only uh, $4,000 in the bank and a $10,000 CD. So you have a little over a year, the church would survive. Well, uh, after a period of time, they were losing instead of $1,000, about $750 a month. And um, this was my first church. And I said, God, I don't know why you let me pastor this thing if it's just going to fall apart financially. Um, to make a long story short, I I wasn't wanting to be the pastor of the church. I felt God leading me to do it. So I said, God, really short, we need a miracle. You know, we need $750 a month uh, extra to meet our budget. Or in a few more months, we're just going to keep getting closer and closer to zero. And um, the money in the bank was getting lower and lower. Uh, I got off my knees, and uh, the next day, somebody came, knocked on the door, and they said, we have a small Christian school. We lost our building, and we wanted to know if we could use your basement as a Christian school. I
0: said, Okay, let's talk about it. So we talked okay, about Okay, I, I got it, Keith. So the miracle is that you were in need and God provided it just in time. Well, Well,
2: I, I asked them, how much would it cost? Uh, how much would you pay to rent our basement? They said 750 a month.
0: And that for you was a, a, a strong miracle?
2: Yes, there was uh,
0: uh, one of many. Would you say it's a strong miracle if everything was the same about that story about that story except it was a Mormon church?
2: I don't know. i I've never been in a, a part of a Mormon church. I think Mormon churches may find their own miracles. Like if uh, we'll... you're, you're, you're asking, you know what I've experienced.
0: I know what, what I, I I understand, but here's the difference between you and me. And uh, and sounds like you're an older man. I don't know how, know how old you are, but you're— I'm not- 51 years old. Okay, so you're two years older than I am, so we can talk honestly together, and we're not going to offend each other. But in my opinion, that's a horrible miracle. Um, because if you and I were listening to a Mormon telling the exact same story, except the only thing different about it, it was it's a Mormon church, a Mormon pastor, and then uh, a Mormon school comes along and, and pays $750, you and I would look at each other and say, yeah, okay. That's a coincidence, guy, you Mormon. Come on, douche, 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 wake up. Now, here's a miracle that would impress me. I lost my sister three, four months ago to MS. She's dead. She's been dead for four months. If you prayed in the name of Jesus for her to come back from the dead, thousands of people uh, knew she was alive, and thousands of people knew she was dead. And if she came back alive and walked the streets of Jerusalem, in Manitoba, I should say, um, that would be way better than a $750 uh, uh, influx of money to your church. Would you agree?
2: Is is that a true story?
0: Yeah, my sister did die, yes. that's. True. I, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but but I, my question to you is, compared to no, your $750 story... No, that would pale in
2: comparison, okay? Us getting $750 a month would be nothing compared to me losing uh, a loved one.
0: No, no, I'm not saying losing a loved one. I'm saying... My loved one, my sister rising from the dead. That's a miracle. Yes. In my opinion, and you can disagree with me, that's fine. In my opinion, what happened to you was a coincidence. Okay. Okay. Now I'm asking you this question. Do you agree with me? Even if we call what happened to you, the $750 thing, a miracle, would you agree that my miracle is way better than that if if my sister rose from the dead? Sure, she's been dead for like a week or something like that. Sure. No, for four months she's been dead. She's Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, that's the type of miracle a guy like me needs to see and experience firsthand. Just like Thomas did. Thomas got to put his fingers into the holes of Jesus, according to the Gospel of John, right? Yes. Okay, so I, I have a high standard. I do not want to be duped. So if Jesus wants me to be saved, that's the type of stuff I need to see. Not 2,000-year-old text, not Isaiah 53 that can be interpreted in several ways, not a $750 donation that could be considered a coincidence. I want to see, and you, may, you know First Kings 18 with Elijah burning the wood? Uh, burning what wood? Remember, they the, had the people worshiping Baal, and they got it. The, it burnt the, It burnt the sacrifice. Yeah, they they and, put, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Yeah, but they poured water over the wood, and then uh, Elijah, yes, yes, yes. And Elijah yes. prayed to Yahweh. I was
2: think. I was thinking of water, fire coming down on dry wood. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: So, Keith, if I tell you my confidence in your God would go sky high, and probably, uh, surely enough to believe that your God is real, if this is a Kleenex. soak it in the water right now and you pray in the name of jesus just like elijah did wood water the name of jesus light on fire right in front of my eyes right now that would be a miracle in my mind and that would raise my confidence
2: but how would you prove that to other generations how would you prove that to somebody uh, that didn't know your sister and
0: you're just talking to them over youtube easy you could do it every year every five years it doesn't have to be uh, repeatable in the sense that it becomes a non-miracle but you could repeat a miracle like that to people all across the world so that every and you could say okay on this date this is what's going to happen god could say this god using his his uh well and, and the
2: bible in the Bible, God, Jesus raised Lazarus. And you probably don't believe it ever happened. You probably believe it's a fairy tale. Correct. But in the Bible, uh, Jesus raised Lazarus. Right. And people hated it even more.
0: No, you're wrong. Hard-hearted Jews changed their mind because of the miracle they saw. I just played Greg Kolkal just uh, an hour ago talking about this. Uh, yes,
2: but even harder-hearted Jews crucified Jesus a week later.
0: Well, yes, and I don't know if these are the same Jews that saw it, but if that miracle did happen, and if those people, and if the Gospel of John is, true, is correct, then the reason Jesus did that miracle was that for some of them to repent and, and follow him. Yes, and then it says afterwards that many of them hated him even more. I'm telling you that if I saw that type of miracle, I would believe. Do you believe me? I believe you. Okay. Why would I have any reason to doubt you? Okay, well, then we're good. So until that time, I'll just but, go on my way. <laughs> you know, I, I, how, how, do you, how do you believe that life comes from non-life? Okay, now we're, we're talking into a new topic, um, which, again, I, want to, I always stay specific on Christianity because Christianity could be false and a God still could exist that creates life out of non-life, and we agreed on that. Now, I, I understand that, that many Christians, when... When things are picked apart, they go, well, how does life come from non-life? How do you explain objective morality, Uh, contingency argument, um, um, uh, ontological argument? It's like all these things start pounding your brain at the same time. And we could spend hours talking about each one, but I don't want to. And I've thought about all these things already. And um, so as a favor to me, though, uh, I just told you a marker that would change my mind. Yes what would what's your marker that would change your mind and that you would leave christianity i
2: see many things pointing to christianity
0: that's not what i asked some
2: yeah well there's not one thing if 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 i have a 20-legged stool and you knock out one leg you still got 19 legs
0: how many legs if, would have if to you
2: knock out if you knock out five legs you still got 15 legs holding it up. I don't see if if
0: would you I need would 10 st- legs knocked out? I would what's that? Would you need 10 legs knocked out on a 20 leg stool before you leave Christianity? And we lost you. We can't hear you. But Sam, that's uh, not Sam. Um Keith, that's what I as a favor to me that's what i want you to think about i understand your stool analogy and i hear your back now but is it 10 legs out of the 20 you need to be knocked out before you leave or is it all 20 or what's your number
2: it would have to be all 20 if you had uh, if i if i had 10 legs on a stool i would be very comfortable sitting on it
0: hmm. i wonder what you would say to if you were you were a missionary right
2: I currently am, but we can't get back because of COVID 19 right now.
0: Okay. If a Muslim's Muslim, or who do you, what religion do you typically evangelize to?
2: Um, Orthodox uh, Christians. Oh, oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) You're evangelizing to other Christians who are not true Christians? Well,
2: we've basically been. Yeah, where I believe the Bible teaches clearly that you, good works don't get you to heaven.
0: Okay. Yeah, like if if you're imagining uh, witnessing to a, a completely different religion, like um, Mormonism or Islam, and they said to you, "Look, Keith, I'm not going to leave Islam until you you get rid of all twenty legs on my stool." I tell you, wouldn't that be a daunting task? Like, wouldn't you want to say to this Muslim? You know, why not start – instead of getting rid of all 20 legs, why don't you start doubting these legs, finding out which is the priority of which leg's the strongest, and start picking at that one, Mr. Muslim. And maybe you'll see the truth of Christianity once you do that. I doubt
2: these these legs all the time. I force myself to doubt these legs. I push myself to doubt these legs uh, because all I want to know is what's true. I don't want to be a part of some make-believe belief system and fooling myself. I encourage my son to doubt the legs. Uh, I uh, I welcome doubt because to me, doubt will make you uh, dig for stability. Will make you research whether what you believe is firm or not. Doubtless. I told you. I told you from the beginning. I doubt. I encourage my son to doubt. I encourage them to chase those doubts out. And I tell my kids, don't believe what I believe because I teach you. If you're a Christian, you better have a darn good reason. If you're an atheist or an agnostic, you better have a darn good reason.
0: Why do you think I uh, don't believe Jesus rose from the dead? I wouldn't presume to believe why you don't. I couldn't speak for you. See, it... Sorry, Keith, when you can't even imagine why I don't believe or why someone might not believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, if you can't, are you saying you're just unwilling to do it or you just don't know?
2: Um, boy, I don't, you would have to tell me. I don't know why you wouldn't.
0: Would you, could you I, tell I me? Would
2: not, I would not insult you by pretending to understand how you think.
0: You can't insult me. Why would anyone not believe that a man rose from the dead? Who currently doesn't why do you think any, well
2: any man rose from the dead i would doubt it now you're talking about the resurrection no, i'm of talking jesus about jesus
0: Christ. i'm talking about jesus why do you think anybody would not believe jesus rose from the dead it's hard to believe why the essence of why the is it hard to believe because a miracle by very definition is hard to believe it's out of the ordinary okay and so if it's very hard to believe there has to be some evidence to overcome that that really hard to believe part correct yes okay uh this is actually fun so sorry javier's waiting <laughs> this is getting fun now how much more time do you got i let's try this for 10 minutes is that all right me yeah 10 minutes can you hang on yes i got 10 minutes okay so it's uh, 3 33 right now i'm gonna try to stop at 3 43. i gotta stop myself um my okay this is a a, a story my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather could fly unaided. He could, he could fly. No wings, no airplane. He could just stand up and fly. He could just fly. Do you believe it? No. Good. You shouldn't. Now, what if I told you that there is a creed dating uh, that was written about 10 to 20 years after saying that um, my ancestor flew in front of 500 people and then 12 and then lastly to a guy named Paul? Would you believe it then? No. Good. Now, you still, we're not throwing that creed away about the flying man. We're keeping it and we're going to add on to it. What if I told you that there is a prophecy about the man flying, but it doesn't really say the flying man's name, doesn't give all the exact details, but many have interpreted this prophecy as applying to the flying man. Would you believe in the flying man then? Uh, There was a prophecy. Yeah, there was a prophecy that the man would fly. No, uh, no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't, okay? No. So we have a creed. You wouldn't believe it, and then we add to the creed of a prophecy, uh, and you wouldn't. What if there was, um, uh, three hundred and ninety-nine more prophecies? But again, there was people interpreted these prophecies differently. They were not detailed because it would take too many books to write about the flying man prophecies. Would you believe it then? Um. That meant that my ancestor actually flew. It was across the Grand Canyon.
2: Would 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 there any would there be any residual results showing that he did?
0: We're going to do this one at a time. Right now I'm talking about prophecies. Would you believe it based no, on no? Oh, okay. So the creed, you wouldn't believe in the flying man. 400 prophecies you wouldn't believe in the fly, uh, flying man. Okay, what if I told you um, that there were four diaries written about the flying man, written decades after the flying man flew, talking about the life of the flying man, that he f- he flew across the Grand Canyon, that he had 12 friends that followed him around. Now, but all these diaries were written uh, decades after the flying man flew. And it wasn't written in the first person. And but there are about a hundred years after these diaries were written, there was um, there was um, some early church flying man fathers who said that you know so and so wrote this diary, so and so wrote this diary. Would you believe it then?
2: Some of those uh, diaries were written uh, fifteen years later.
0: Yeah, fifteen, twenty, whatever. Uh, no. Okay. So you would not believe in the flying man based on a first, first Corinthians 15 creed. You would not believe in the flying man based on prophecies like messianic prophecies from the Old Testament. You would not believe in the flying man based on four diaries of the fly man flying. You and I are the same. I would not believe it either. Were any Were any of the contemporaries put to death proclaiming that okay. they saw it? This will be the last one. How am I doing for time? Good. Um, So the flying man flew, and then he had followers, and uh, it's reported that many of his followers followers died as martyrs. But most of those reports uh, are recorded 100 years or so after the flying man flew. And it's right along texts that talk about some really other crazy stuff in in, uh, other Gospels that didn't make it into the canon of the flying man. And nowhere does it say that a, that a person in, uh, who says it with their own hand, their own words, that they died for their belief in the flying man and that they had a chance to recant, that, hey, I recanted and I lived. No, it, n- it never said that. Would you believe in the flying man then? What was the purpose of, your gra- of this person flying? What was the purpose? Yes. Oh, it was so that uh, people could get closer to God. How
2: did it accomplish people getting closer to God?
0: By believing in the Flying Man. He was the way to salvation.
2: Uh, so, did people believe that this before, uh, guy?
0: Before we go on, I, I brought you, you asked about martyrdom. Would you believe in the Flying Man based on the martyr, martyrdom that I laid out, which I believe is the same as Christendom? No, because it's
2: not attested. Uh, it's not attested to a, a power of a deity.
0: No, it says in the diaries that when people... You look... never said that. Okay, I'll say it now. I forgot to mention, in the diaries, the flying man said, when you look at me, you see the Father. Would you believe in the flying man now?
2: No, I don't see any reason for the, the guy flying to draw people closer to God. I What's the reason there? so what's what's the connect salvation drop no how does it save people
0: because god said so
2: well no god doesn't save people because he says so that's nowhere in the bible
0: so why are you bringing up up the bible we're talking about the flying man
2: because you just said that the guy flying saves people because god says so
0: that doesn't make sense okay so what would you what would it take for you to believe in the flying man if he said that he was god in flesh or did miracles no. he did a miracle He flew
2: what? no you, th- there's got to be a long-standing connection how
0: long uh thousands of years thousands of years okay yes did i tell you that the flying man took place a thousand years ago
2: no you said it was what your grandfather great 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 and i just Okay, that couldn't be a thousand years. That's impossible. Okay, so but if it was a thousand years, then you would believe in the flying man. No, I'm not saying that he had to live thousands of years ago. That it had to be attested to something higher than him. You're saying he's a man.
0: No, he's half. He's okay. He's 100% man, 100% God. God desired to to okay. have him. Okay, he fly. is. God. He is God. Yes. You believe he's God. No, I'm asking you if you believe he's God. No, I
2: don't believe he's God. Because either never, do I. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't have. There's. Uh, w- what are the sources uh, that connects it to reality? Texts. I mean, do you believe the prophecies about Jesus or are, are
0: okay, a Keith? Thousand I think... years old, a hundred years old. Keith, uh, we're we're going on ten minutes now, and I remember I said ten minutes. But, yes, but you keep, you keep adding to the story. You're asking me to believe things. This is a thought experiment. And, and when I, and when I, yes, but you keep adding to the thought. My point is I'm doing that on purpose because I'm showing you, I'm demonstrating to you that if we take instead of Jesus and we make it a flying man and one at a time layer on all those pieces that you talked about one at a time you kept on and i was proud of you because you're the same as me you said no i would not believe it no i would not believe it because of the creed no wouldn't believe it on four prophecies wouldn't believe it based on the, the martyrdom wouldn't believe it based on the four diaries and you and i are the same but when you make the flying man jesus all of a sudden you believe it sorry that's i shouldn't put it, it that way but no what was the connection
2: of the flying guy to the need for salvation.
0: See, now you're going to pick apart and try to make it different. Jesus is different than the flying man. But I'm just going to say G- that the flying man has his, his own salvation yep. uh, pathway, just like Jesus did. Jesus was through the atoning of the, on the cross. For, for the flying man, it was be- the belief in the, that he flew. God is God. He can set up his own rules. But anyhow, it's, G- it's been 10 minutes. Jesus,
2: was- Jesus doesn't stand by himself. You cannot have Christianity unless you have a God, And God begins to, uh, how can you have the universe come out of nothing? How can you, uh, Dean Kenyon, uh, he wrote a book called Biological Predestination to prove that language can be included in DNA, be put there by, by a non-intelligent source. Uh Keith, Keith, you look at Keith co- what you're yes. doing
0: now, as I've seen over many, many years of my life, is that towards the end of the conversation, you're doing what's you're taking a handful of spaghetti and you're throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. It's like, it's like I'm playing whack a mole here. It's like, well, we got so many other different things, and so, much, so and so wrote a book.
2: No, you're just the opposite because you're asking me to take these stories that you're comparing to our belief in Jesus, yes, excluding the fact that there are great evidences, or maybe not evidences, but good logic that uh,
0: uh, an intelligent being is likely to exist. Uh, Keith, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. It's been 10 minutes. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.